Are you looking to land an agent in 2023? Then you won't want to miss this conversation I'm about to have with today's guest. I'm David Gwynn, a newly agented writer navigating the world of publishing. During this season of the podcast, I'm asking agents, book coaches, and authors about the best way to write a novel. If you want the experts' secrets, this is where you're going to find them. Last time on the podcast, I talked to Aaron Philip Clark about how he maps out and writes his action scenes. Stories exist everywhere. And as writers, it's not just about sitting down and pounding on the keyboard. It's more about a mentality. And we have to always be looking and be curious about the world around us. Such a great interview, and I'll link it in the description if you want to check it out. In this episode, Avita's creative literary agent, Lori Galvin, is going to share the things you need to know if you want to grab an agent's attention, both in your query letter and bio, but also even when talking to an agent. We even talk about those all-important first few pages. She also shares something I haven't heard before from agents about what they're really looking for in a client. So let's get straight to the interview. Lori, thanks so much for being a part of the interview series. I'm really excited to chat with you. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Good. So let's start at the beginning and talk about how you got interested in the publishing world. Did you always see books as an interest and as an area of expertise? I mean, I've I've always been a bookworm, you know, to the extent that my parents had to tell me, you know, when we go to your grandparents' house, please, please don't pull out a book and start reading in front of them. You know? <laughs> That's actually rude. I, I just have, have always been a bookworm. And my first job was at Houghton Mifflin. Mm-hmm. And I I worked on the American Heritage Dictionary. And it's a job that probably doesn't exist anymore called a keyboarder. And I typed edits into a dictionary database. And, you know, I would come in every day and there'd be a stack of pages marked up with edits. You know, you're working on P today, Lori. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was it was a great, you know, fly in the wall experience for a first job. That's great. And so how did the move from kind of those earlier and I, I know you you worked at America's Test Kitchen for a little mm-hmm. while. And so yep. how did you how did you make all that that move into agenting? Like, wh- where did that come from? Well, I was in editorial for quite a long time, 15 years or so. And I feel like I had sort of done everything I could do. I mean, maybe that's probably not quite true, but I was just looking for something different. And I had been working in cookbooks at America's Test Kitchen, and I just wasn't quite sure, you know, that I wanted to work for a publisher and be limited to a specific type of book. And I remembered my early years after the dictionary experience, I had worked in manuscript editing and which is basically an in-house copy editing department at Houghton Mifflin, where I was able to work on all sorts, all types of books. And I just thought, well, you know, this agenting could be the path and spoke to a few people about it, some former colleagues who, who had made the switch and, you know, thought, yeah, I, I guess I could do this. Mm. <laughs> and that's that's how it happened. Yeah, that's that's so cool. So tell us a little bit about the agency that, that you're with and, and what you love about working there. Yeah, Evitas is a full service literary agency, meaning that we also offer foreign rights and film and TV. We have, you know, both 
are robust departments at Avidas. And we're all over the place with offices and agents, you know, LA, DC, in the UK. And we just had an agent join a couple of months ago from Barcelona. So I think, you know, what I like about it is that we have a very broad brain trust. We, we kind of joke. So what's helpful, what's really valuable to me is getting feedback from other people because it can be such a solitary business. So we share submission lists and book ideas. And sometimes I'll be reading something and I'll, I'll be on the fence about it. And, you know, I, I need a gut check and I'll, I'll call a colleague and would you mind reading this? You know, I'll do the same for you. Right, <laughs> so, right. So it's, it's, it's really, you know, great to have that because you can't be everywhere at once. And sometimes it's as practical as, oh, well, I know this person is going on maternity leave or paternity leave. So they're not really looking at things right now. And maybe you want to think about this other person. So, so I, I, I like that. Obviously there's all different kinds of, of agencies out there. And I feel like when people are looking we, <laughs> as writers on this side of the desk, we, we query kind of broadly, but it is interesting to think about the differences between an agency that is broad and, and has a huge network. And then obviously the ones that are smaller where maybe, you know, you feel like it's like one kind of cohesive unit. And so when writers are thinking about an agency, do you have any advice on like maybe the strengths and weaknesses of both a, a large network agency like like yours or, or one that's a little bit smaller? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I don't see Avidas as a, a big agency like, you know, CAA or WME or something. Like we definitely put books first. That's where, you know, everything emanates from. Well, it sounds like it's kind of a best of both worlds scenario where you've got, you know, the the support from other agents and, and yeah. also it's, it kind of feels smaller. It right. feels not as large, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think whether it's small or large, I think communication is really important and, you know, being clued into what's happening in the agency. We have meetings every Monday for the entire agency where we talk about new book ideas and anything else that might come up. And it's really good to have that check-in, especially, you know, with people living in different areas, not everybody's in an office. So it's, it's good to have that, that check-in. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And so can you share a little bit about what you're looking for specifically, whether that's like genres or just age groups or whatever it is that you're looking for right now? Yeah, adult. And I, you know, absolutely lose my mind, love crime fiction, thrillers, mystery. I love mystery, thriller slash horror crossovers, book club fiction. I'm, I'm probably more commercial than I am literary. You know, I really value good writing, but I love plot too. So I really like dual timelines, especially when one of the timelines is set in the present. Historical fiction can be hard, but that can be one way to seduce the reader who might be re resistant to historical fiction. That's interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. So speaking of clients, what what is something that draws you to a project kind of within those genres? Is there something that you need to see that will make you more likely to take a project on? Yeah, I can see the roadmap of the book, the beginning, middle and end. You know, maybe they're not all perfect, but I, I can see that it's been well thought out and it's captivating. It's something that is fresh to me. It might remind me of something else, but it's new in its own own way. I acquired a book that's coming out next year with Dutton. It's called The Night of the Storm. The author's name is Nishida Parekh. And it's a it's a basically a locked house mystery. And you know, I've we've all read a million of those. And this one was just so different and so fresh. And I found myself laughing out loud and just like throwing my head back. I remember reading it on a Saturday night and thinking, oh, you know, I I only meant to read the first few pages, but I'm going to be up late. That's got to be an exciting feeling as an agent to to find something that you're just so invested in so early. I mean, how how often is that happening for you? I wish it was happening more often <laughs> than it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and of course, sometimes I will love something, but also other people are loving it too. I have to say too that I pass on things that other people sign up all the time. So I really feel like... I go toward things where I feel like I am going to add value and I am going to make a difference. And I sort of like get the book, maybe, you know, this isn't very humble, but maybe better than anyone else other than the author gets the book. So if I can give the author the perspective that's going to get them to think about things to make the book more powerful or propulsive or stronger then I feel like I am the right the right person. Of course, I've I've had people pass and I'm like, wait, I'm the right person. No. <laughs> there's, there's, awesome. there's a lot that goes in into, you know, the relationship. And I always tell people, you really should talk to as many agents as you can. Don't let anybody pressure you because it is a close relationship and you want to be comfortable with that person. Yeah, that's great. So Thinking about clients, now you've maybe you've read something and you're feeling pretty good about, about somebody. Maybe it's a query letter, maybe it's the first couple of pages. And you know, you look at that query letter. Are there anything, any type of like intangibles or any kind of add-ons that you maybe look for a client in a client, whether it's in a query letter or when you get on the phone? Is there something that you're seeing that makes it more like more enticing for you as a, as an agent? Mm, that is such a good question and one that I don't think I've ever been asked before. So I, I, I absolutely love this question. Yes. And I think, you know, meeting in person or face-to-face is, is really important to me. And that's not always the case. But when I can talk to the author and hear them talk about their book and they can really talk about their book. They can really tell me the hows and whys behind their writing it. It just, it gives me so much confidence that they are really going to do an amazing job at publicizing their book and being, you know, I mean, authors really are their their own best publicists. And when I can actually see evidence of that, it just, it gives me a lot of confidence. 
That's really interesting. Because I feel like the one that you hear a lot is that they should, that you should try to get publishing credits. You know, do they have short stories? Have they written nonfiction? Does that play in at all? That's certainly helpful. But I can, I can, you know, and I, I do look for that. And I do ask about that. You know, maybe you don't have to have been published, but do you have some sort of you know, writing community? Do you, are you in a writer's group or do you have beta readers? But I just, I, re- I remember just very specifically, you know, some instances and probably maybe the first one was when I met Wanda Morris at Thriller Fest in, I think it was 2019. And she pitched me all her little secrets. And it was, we just had the easiest, you know, I think it's like three minutes or five minutes. (laughs) But she got so much across to me in that and was blew me away. I I just, I just thought great concept, great book. And she also was so amazing and her passion was really palpable. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of writers uh, practicing their pitches in the mirror now (laughs) after hearing (laughs) you say that. Okay. So far we've talked about what Lori looks for in a project, what she wants in a client, and even those intangible pieces that can make a difference in attracting an agent. If you're enjoying this conversation, be sure to join the 5-Minute Writer Series. I share weekly writing advice that takes about 5 minutes to consume, but will drastically improve your writing. Be sure to sign up for that. The link for that is in the description. In the next part of the interview, Lori shares what it's like working with a literary agent. I always love to hear agents describe the different relationships that they have with their authors. Then we're going to chat about what to include in your first five to 10 pages to grab an agent's attention. This advice is invaluable if you want to sign with an agent this year. So let's get straight back to the interview so you can hear what she has to say. So when you're when you're working with a, a client, how hands on are you during the writing process? Are you are they kind of going off and writing a draft and coming back with something that's pretty polished? Are you in in working with the process before, during or is it kind of different? It, it really depends on the manuscript. I would love to have a manuscript that comes in. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to do anything. Let's just sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But that's not usually the way. And that's, you know, which is fine. I mean, it, it's, it's totally fine. Yeah, I, I would say that I am pretty hands-on, but I also like the author to be the creative force, obviously. I can point out things that maybe aren't landing as well or working quite as well, or something that might put editors off for a certain reason or, you know, what, whatever I can point these things out. And so that's what I, what I try to do. And, you know, I, I read all, all the drafts and usually after the first draft. And I, I do say, you know, go forth <laughs> and then come back when you're done and when you feel you know good about it and there's there's no timeline on that because people have lives especially with fiction so I mean, we're not prince harry so, <laughs> and yeah after that first that first revision i have some sort of indication like okay we're going to be in this for a while and we're going to have, you know, a, f- a few more revisions or, you know, usually the the lit- during the latter revisions, I'm like, okay, I can see it. And I, I will put together a timeline like, okay, I think we're going to be ready to submit in, in June or, or something like that. 
Oh, that makes sense. That's really interesting. I, I always wonder what that process, and it sounds like it's different across agents, but also across clients or writers. Like it seems like it's this fluid relationship that is just kind of fits whatever is best for everybody. Is that kind of how you, you feel like that that's, that's working out? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes, you know, we'll be really focused on plot points. And one of my clients, we were working together, we got all the, you know, plot points all figured out. It was, you know, we were like, yeah, you know, can't wait to get this out. And then independently of each other, we were looking at the timeline in the book and realized the timeline didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> which, which, you know, sometimes doesn't happen until a book is in copy editing when you have a copy editor looking at it. And it was just really funny. We were like, okay, we got to slow down. We got to the timeline. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff comes up, I guess, across yeah. the board all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so I want you to think if there's, if there's a writer out there who's listening, who has an idea and we'll just assume it's a, like a solid idea, you know, great hook that it's going to be well-written and all that. But the nature of querying, which is where a lot of people who who listen to my podcast, a lot of people are in that the querying trenches and they, they feel really good about the manuscript that they're working on right now. Um, and, and the nature of querying is that you really have to nab someone's attention pretty quickly. And if is there something that you suggest that writers who are putting those finishing touches on a manuscript, getting ready to query or have just started querying, things that they should think about? or focus on in those opening five to 10 pages to really grab someone's attention? Yeah, I really think that reading your pages aloud is super helpful. When you're reading them aloud, you know, think about yourself like you're in a bookstore. Is this what you want to like hook people, you know, is is this going to capture all of the people sitting in this bookstore? And it kind of goes without saying that you really, really need to have beta readers too. You've got to hook the readers. Sometimes I'll pass on something and sometimes people will respond and say, well, it's a slow burn. <laughs> it really gets going in chapter four. And, you know, that's just, you, you can't do that. I mean, it's the... It's it's funny. I was I was actually you had you had sent me a couple of questions that you thought you might you might ask, and I was looking at some of the opening pages of s- some of my clients' books, and they're just all really captivating. <laughs> I mean, it's you know sometimes it's voice. You know, I have I have an author who just reminds me so much of Patricia Highsmith's writing, and I I remember you know I lo- I looked at his book today, and I was just like, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> Just, just thinking. Oh, wow! You know, this is like just blowing me away. And I had another book, book club fiction slash historical fiction, that the, the setting was so evocative. The you know the opening describing the setting setting was again just blew me away. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. So, um, yeah, and kind of to go on that, it, it in writing careers, there's a lot of rejection or passing and it, and it kind of happens all throughout. Like there's no time in which you're, you, you know, it's over. So for writers who are listening, who are, like I said, who are in those query trenches or about to venture in and they're, they're going to start sending out their work. Is there a way that you suggest they kind of think about the rejection or passing that they're, they're inevitably going to get in, in this, in this career. There are just so many people out there who, you know, we hear about it all the time who have been turned down by X number of agents or, 
or publishers, but they've persisted and they've, they found that right one. And yeah, it's, you know, what was it? The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. I think the author of that book had a poster of all the rejection. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, in terms of querying, it's, it's the query letter is, is important. Some people say they don't read the query letter. I do read the query letter and, you know, read flap copy of books and that will give you a sense of how your, you know, the query letter should, should read in some ways in terms of summarizing it. You, you really want to like captivate the agent and being really, really clear. Sometimes I find, I don't know what this book is about because there's so, so much other information around it and keeping it short, keeping it to, you know, 300 or so words, I think is also really important because agents are going through these fairly quickly. And, you know, we do the same thing when we, when we pitch editors. Right. That's great advice for people who are listening. You know, we've talked about opening pages. We've talked about rejections and like the intangibles that they can have. If there was one thing that you would want people to take away from this conversation as they go about their day, what do you think that one thing would be? I think that it is a very subjective business and you can't take that personally. I know it's hard not to. I guess I have I have more than one one thing. <laughs> That's you know, okay. it's, a subjective, it's a subjective business, and it's also not a meritocracy. And I have to remind myself of this all the time <laughs> yeah. because, you know, it's I can't. I, you know, there are things that we don't have control over, and you know, I can you know love something and my colleagues can love it and other people can love it. And sometimes the editor, it's just, that's not what they're looking for right now. Timing can have a lot to do with it. And it's, yeah, you know, we do our best, but you're not a bad writer or you haven't written a bad book just because it hasn't been picked up. Yeah. It's so valuable for people to hear and, and think about as they, as they carry on with their day. So my, my last question for you is where can people find you? Where can people look you up? I am on Query Manager, and I'm also on the Avitas Creative Management website, also on Twitter. <laughs> and yeah. If you're listening and you want to get in touch with Lori, I will link to that stuff in the description so you can get to her. Lori, this was so much fun. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I, I had a Absolutely. blast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was great meeting you. Okay, so there you have it. If you're looking to land an agent this year, you probably got some ideas on how to do that. If you enjoyed this episode, take a minute to rate and review the podcast. It helps me land bigger and more helpful guests to share their expertise with all of you. I know it doesn't feel like much because it only takes you a minute or two to rate and review, but it makes a big difference when reaching out to guests. So thanks in advance for helping out our community. If you want some fast, actionable advice that takes just five minutes to consume but will improve your writing, be sure to subscribe to the 5-Minute Writer Series. Link is in the description you get the first edition sent straight to you as soon as you sign up. Next week, I won't be sharing an interview. Instead, I'll be sharing something a little bit more personal. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it. I'll see you next week.